Welcome citizens, you're listening to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. Here, thinkers and doers always have a key to the city. The mayor is in, so office hours start now. Welcome citizens. I've come to the conclusion that Little John's All I Really Want for Christmas will be one of my all-time favorite Christmas movies. And I know it's an advertisement for Kool-Aid, but I don't really care. What's going on? Uh, I'm sure you guys are doing well. I am frigid as I record this in Southern California. It's about 35 degrees. Didn't think LA or the surrounding areas can get that cold, but it does anyway. But I guess that puts me in the Christmas spirit. And for so, for those of you who feel that way, there has to be a reason for that season, if you so believe, if you so choose, or on that path. And so it's fitting. Dr. Oliver Phillips is back for another bonus episode. Talk about his ministry and his uh, building, uh, his religious platforms and empire, if you will. But this time, bring along a friend, Dr. Sharon Ramey, who collaborated on a book together. It's called Come Let Me Bless You, about an individual church in Texas. But what's cool about that is there's chapters in there that discuss the overall evolution of the black church in the United States. And so I thought it was kind of fitting for the holiday season to go a little bit on that religious tip. Let me know what you think. Uh, hit in the comments below, newamsterdam.com is where you want to go to interact with the show and learn more about it. But enough of my rambling. I'm going to go back to my crook hop Kool-Aid appreciation song, Lil John. Yeah. But in the meantime, enjoy my chat with Dr. Phillips and Ramey. Welcome back to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creators of desire. Flobo Boyce, the mayor in the mayor's office, speaking with people who are doing the things for the community and us as well, newamsterdam.com. And well, I'm being joined by once again, one of my favorite wow. friends of all time, Dr. Oliver Phillips. How's it going, sir? Very good. I'm excited to be back with you. Uh, it has been probably about two months, uh, uh, but it has been great. And, uh, you know, it has the, the online course has been going great and so we are doing a great job and i'm enjoying the great weather in texas man you know still waiting to get my texas boots but I it's, it's it's 38 degrees here in los angeles right now but as always <laughs> Dr. Phillips, I love this time being joined uh with a brother in educational arms can i say it dr sherman yeah. ramey how's it going sir it's great and um, i can't get a privilege to be a part of this um broadcast i'm looking forward to the conversation that we are going to have and um, I, I love your work, so it really is an awesome opportunity to be oh, part of this you. broadcast today. We also have the connection. I'm West Indian American, and, and you guys are West Indian as well. I love the fact that we can talk about the diaspora. Uh, but, <laughs> but today, the more pressing issue is that you guys have worked together on a fantastic book. It's called Come Let Me Bless You, Ministry Built on Love for People. Talk about that. I mean, it, isn't, it doesn't take a whole lot to say I have content, but content that matters is something that's super important. Dr. Raymond, let me start with you. How did everything come together? What I would say is that um, I, I have been a member of staff of the Community Missionary Baptist Church here in Texas. Mm -hmm. Church is operates in two locations, two cities, mm -hmm. city of DeSoto, the city of Cedar Hill. And um, this ministry is led by a very charismatic um, leader in the person of Dr. Oscar yep. um, Dion Epps, Jr., senior. Um, we find found ourselves, what I would call, at a very, very intriguing and interesting point in the history of, of the church. And I really am grateful that I had the opportunity to come on staff when I did. And I got to see firsthand mm -hmm. how this church has grown over close to three decades. The church now 
boasts approximately in the vicinity of about 3,500 active members, um, multi-million dollar budget. But what I was very impressed by is the way the church was impacting community here and communities abroad. And um, when Dr. Phillips came on staff, we believe it was time for us to chronicle this into um, a book format. Oh, that's great. I mean, Dr. Phillips, same question for you. I mean, the idea of making this book happen, it's a story that needed to be told. Uh, would we yeah, decide to make this in, to print the page? Yeah, and one of one of the things, um, as you get through the book, you would you would find that I juxtapose two, two um, ideas, and one is the history of the, the pastor and the congregation and the history of the black church in America. Mm -hmm. um, it is an intriguing history, and as you put those two things together, I got on staff in July, of this year, and I was just fascinated by this young man. I call him a young man because he's 55 <laughs> years old. <laughs> and, 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 and the thing is, he can preach, he can sing, and he can love on people. And and I, I look at him in the pulpit, and every now and then I would hear, come let me bless you. And whenever you hear that, you knew he was getting ready to mess with you. You knew he was getting ready to bring in some, you know, some thought, some grand idea, some thought. But the guy is a genius in terms of churchmanship and in church of, in terms of leadership, as Dr. Remy will talk about. But I, I, I just felt that this was a story that had to be told. Right. Uh, the story of a, a black man in a suburban community bringing about uh, what God had led him to do. And so I just had, it, it, it was a story waiting to be told. And I'm just glad that I collaborated with Dr. Remy and I told yeah. him about it. And he said, man, that's a great idea. So right. he is responsible for everything. I, I, I can't wait to talk about the legacy of Dr. Epps, but I have a question for you, Dr. Phillips. The uh -huh. idea, though, you just mentioned, you juxtapose this story, this ministry here in Texas with the entire history of the Black church. What was the reason behind that, uh, to have those two parallels happening in this book? Uh, mainly because the, the Black church could, the, the Black sacred cosmos could be identified as the activist arm of the civil rights movement. They, I am convinced that there, Flobo, that there would never have been a civil rights movement without the black church. So the black church was integral as, as the, the, the womb um, in which a lot of our black leaders were born. Mm -hmm. And our black leaders have kept the, the fires burning in terms of justice and in terms of civil rights. And I think that on the one hand, you see a macrocosm the black church in America and the microcosm could be identified as this community missionary Baptist church that is, is activists in their gender and their missional objective. So I think I, I just had to do that to bring those two things together. In my experience, I thought it was pretty great because someone who may not know Dr. Epps' story, which we'll get to in just a second, I thought it was kind of cool. You gave gave me an on ramp, right? Like I, I'm black, I go to church. Let's 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 see how that works for me. And I was into that world. That's right. That. That's right. Uh, yeah. uh, Dr. Ramey, Pastor Epps has seen and done a lot. We talked about his story. It's chronicled in the book. Um, what was what was the thing that drew you specifically? Was there a particular moment for you? Was it just kind of you looking back and going, "Wow, he climbed the highest mountain." What made you go that the book is the best way to go about talking and sharing his legacy? And, and I, I think that's a very, very, very foundational question, mm -hmm. and I'll tell you why. When I first came to community, I searched for a place where I believe I could go and have what I would call healthy worship. 
-hmm. And um, that was basically it. I, I was working in the corporate environment at the time. And, and so I got there and realized that when this man would, would preach, he was more pragmatic, very practical. Yeah. And he had a genuine concern for what I would call matters of social um, injustice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That got my attention because I, I have been an activist for, for a number of years. And so yeah. I, I said, you know what, I think I could be here. One thing led to another, and I left the corporate job and I came on staff. Wow. And um, what really continued to grasp my attention and still does today is the impact he has had on the communities. Mm -hmm. The demographics here are very interesting because we are in what you would call the suburbs. Um, people drive in to come to these churches, especially okay. the church that is in Cedar Hill. Yeah. But he has been able to impact the communities wide, wider out of where the church is. And that, that got my attention. Um, the pandemic really showed um, how mm. very concerned he was for the plight yeah. that yeah. many people were, were suffering with. And that really is still who he is. He has a genuine love for people that I have not seen and I have been around mm -hmm. the church most of my life from, from a pastoral perspective. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, he doesn't talk about it much, but he does it. He, he, he does it. And so we are a church that is located in the suburbs, but yeah. we are a church that is impacting the inner city um, system. Also, I was very impressed with what he has been able to do in terms of his influence um, in, in the political environment. Mm -hmm. He's not silent on anything that impacts whether positively or negatively on the livelihood of people. And that really has yeah. been what I would call a, a very strong trait that he mm -hmm. continues to display up to this day. It, it is who he is. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's very, very uh, insightful. So two chapters uh, you put pen to paper on uh, focus on the Epps School of Ministry and Dr. Epps' leadership. And uh, if I can do a quote here, uh, the tell me more about the extraordinary people providing services uh, aspect of the ministry where the foundations are listed as uh, teaching will prepare, learning will prevail, which I thought was a pretty cool <laughs> idea. That's, that's, that's Dr. Ravy. <laughs> well, what, what happened is that um, I have been in education, served administratively at college level for many years, um, have been in as, as faculty, tenured faculty. Um, and when I, when I came here, we had a, a good educational program, but one of the things that we realized is that we wanted a program that would be more robust and more mm -hmm. pointed. Mm -hmm. And so we, we sat and we discussed what can we do now that will establish a, a program that would not just be addressing Bible-based mm -hmm. teaching. We right. want people to be more holistic in their worldview. Um, we want people to understand that there's a psychology in the way we do things. There's a social side in the way we do things. We wanted a holistic push. And so coming out of that, um, the, the whole idea of extraordinary people comes out of the, the, the thought that when you come to our church, you see extraordinary, extraordinary people is, is part of the conversation. Mm -hmm. God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary wow. things. Wow. Mm -hmm. And so for us, we I looked at his the acronyms for his name. I believe that we should have caused the everything that we do to be built on his legacy. And so he he was he was not I had to convince him because he did not <laughs> want to place our girl like that. Yeah. But I said we we if we start educating our people, mm -hmm. we 
the education to bring them from ordinary to extraordinary. And whatever we do, because he's a service-oriented person, we mm -hmm. want the ministry educational push to cause yeah. persons to provide mm -hmm. services. So it's other-centered. And that, that's the whole idea of the name. Um, I also believe strongly that if you are, we, we got to properly dichotomize qualification and education. Mm -hmm. Because people push for the qualification, but qualification is not really what we wanted to push for. Mm -hmm. We want people to, the qualification must be informed by how it lives out from an educational standpoint. Right. So the whole idea of what education will do and how it fleshes out is what caused us to, to use and pen those words. And, and that is where we are at. We are seeing how impactful this mm -hmm. is. School is not just operating here in the United States. By virtue of um, these mediums, the school is now in India, Kenya, throughout South America, the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. And that was not what we thought would have happened when we started. Mm -hmm. Short space of time, we have pushed into places that we know God had to be opening those doors for us. Yeah. Dr. Fellows, we talked about this the last time we were on the AMC Marino about the changing nature of education. Uh, as this uh, educational thing has grown, what have you seen change post-pandemic? Just taste of people looking and acquiring information and knowledge. What's that been like for you? Oh, that's for me? Yeah, I, 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 I think what, what we have seen is that the pandemic has um, accelerated certain initiatives that the church has, uh, has had, had taken before not just this congregation but many congregations the the virtual community is growing and the virtual community has always been significant to the church but the pandemic has has accelerated that initiative in the sense that now people are realizing that this virtual community is real and yeah. so it has also been translated to education as dr remy has attested to that right. now we are realizing the importance of online education that people because of social distancing and because of other protocols that we have to observe in the midst of the pandemic i think that uh, online learning is significantly important and it will play a, a very uh, important role post pandemic sure sure Dr. Ramey, it's a kind of a, an, an awkward question, but I have to ask. When you were uh, showing out drafts to stakeholders and Epps family, what was the, the feedback you got, if anything? What did they say when they were going through the leaves of your chapters? And it was, it was, um, it was mentally taxing at times. Yeah. Um, it, this was new. And whenever you are introducing a new initiative that crosses yeah. what we call traditional boundaries, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, Always be misconceptions. There would always be some perceptions that are based on on what I would call antiquated thinking. Yeah. But we had to prove, in many instances, that this would make sense. As we put the board together and we got the stakeholders mm -hmm. together, mm -hmm. we had to have hours of showing the validity in what we were trying to yeah. do. And mm -hmm. um, now we have the power of hindsight, and we can look and say, you know what, this was a good move. Yeah. But the process, the process is not always easy. But I, I always, you know, embrace the thought that nothing meaningful in life comes easy, yeah. and you've got to push to make some things happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I was in, I was in Florida when the accreditation took place. I think it was the 18th of June or something. And yeah. and 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 Dr. Remy called me and he says, "Man, this was this was tiring uh, because <laughs> it was put they, they put the school through the ringers, and it was a very good process." 
And I think one of the things that Dr. Epps is proud of more than anything else is the, the this this whole idea of Epps School of Ministry that can prepare students uh, for tomorrow. And 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 so I think that we have an opportunity here in Texas and beyond to be able to prepare ministers and church leaders in a way that is very significant. And I think we can we'll make a mark. But the whole idea of the book is that this. Dr. Epps is, mm -hmm. is, is an ordinary pastor that is doing extraordinary things, but we just felt the story had to be told. And it is, good, it is good for seminarians and it's good for church leaders to read about it because it is the story of God's working in the midst of a black church and, and in the midst of the community and to make transformative change and lasting change in the community. And I think that's the commitment of the congregation. Oh, yes. Uh, a question for either one of you. How long did it take to put everything together from the idea, from the drafts, to it being on sale? What was the process like? Walk me through that. The school or the book? The book. Sir. Ah, okay. Well, the, the, the book, the whole idea for the book was that there was a story to be told. Correct. And, and and if there's a story to be told, then somebody has to tell the story. The, 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 the most difficult part for, for me, um, because I'm only there six months, so it's a, it was a question of, I could not have done it without Dr. Remy, because he was, there, he was there before I got there. But I, I, I did some of the interviews, and he did some of the interviews, and it was an effort that we had. But I had to depend on him, because he knew much more than I, you know. So any mistakes in the book is his. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but he, can <laughs> he can more address the fact when I told him, hey, let's do a book. And, and I, think, I think he can deal with that. Yeah, Dr. Raymond, what was the timeline like? Was it was it mumbled with sleepless okay, nights? I, I think it probably took us about, about four months yeah. To put to put it together to yeah. the final draft, um, the interview process, you know, it, it would it would not always flow smoothly because you had to have scheduling and all of that. Yeah. Um, however, in terms of the content, I, I I basically knew what we needed to have in the book mm -hmm. because I saw it in my day to day um, interaction with, with with our pastor. Yeah, yeah. Um, what made it easy in terms of the timeline is that our pastor is easily accessible. He has yeah. a lot going on, but for his staff, he will make the time. And mm -hmm. when you get him, you have to get as much out of him at that moment because he, he is very, very, very engaged in so many other things. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think with Dr. Phillips coming in, he was able to easily integrate himself into how the staff functions, um, the structure that our pastor has. And so for him, meeting with people, doing the interviews and stuff, that, that, that it took some time, but it took us probably about four months yeah. from yeah. beginning to where we are at now to get this. And, I was, and I, I was totally amazed by the fact, Flo, that uh, almost to a person, um, when I would always ask people now, give me one word that really defines the guy. Okay, yeah. That's you know, and, 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 and you know, across the board, it was just this, this love for people, this, yeah. this, this, this guy doesn't ask the second question. Yeah, uh, he hears the first, and and his thing is, if you are in need, if 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 you come to him, he is going to make sure that he listens and he acts right away. He he does not need a second opinion. He just says, this is the right thing to do. Let's do it. 
you know, I'm I'm not the, the the most best on the path, but I always look to the story of Enoch. You know how he just well, no one to listen. You know, he wanted to walk. And yeah. listen to talk about yeah. uh, think about what his family could do, what he could do better as a person. So yeah. I always love that as well. Uh, just another question about the leadership of Dr. Epps, Dr. Ramey. This one's for you. Uh, I know we could talk about the legacy of the man, but those who may not be familiar with Dr. Epps, is, is there something in particular about his leadership style that we can always attest to or try really hard not to emulate, but to put that for our own toolkits while we go on and manage other people and other projects? Yeah. Well, what I would say is that what 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 I'm about to say. It's difficult for me to see someone trying to duplicate the way he does what he does. Yes, yes, right. Um, it, it, it's, it's a paradigm based on love. And that is not always easy to do because that cost, it, there's a cost to it. Mm-hmm. But he is willing, he has paid some, some prices, still is, but he still does it because it's intrinsic in, in, in who he is. Yeah. Yeah. And so the whole idea of, of a love leadership paradigm is one that says, mm-hmm people before self. And that is what I've seen with him. So the, the ministries are built on people. We have a, a, a feeding program that we have been doing mm. just before the pandemic. Yeah, We were getting some funding, the money dried up. And I never forget him saying, we have to feed the people. Yes. We have this meeting with staff and so the person who coordinates it says, well, pastor, the money is not coming from the government anymore. He says, well, we don't need their money to feed people. Mm, let's find out. Right. Let's We have never stopped. We do this all the time. We have thousands of people coming through all the time. And what he believes is that if you, you, you cannot outgive God, so let's mm. just take care of the people. That's right. Um, in right. terms of the day-to-day operations with us as staff, he has very high expectations. Because for himself, he also has high expectations. Mm-hmm. So he, he takes care of his stuff. And that is because of this whole love paradigm. He yeah. takes care of us financially and otherwise. Mm-hmm. He is there for us. So you find yourself in a position as a member of staff where you're saying, I feel a sense of moral obligation mm. to okay this. So it's a different approach to leadership where it's not, I need you to do, and he gives you this long job description. Right. He said, if you love people, Come on, come on. I should not have to come and tell you what needs to be done. Everything that we do is more other-centered. And mm-hmm. that is something that I see very central in, in his approach to leadership. And I think I, one, of, one of the things that I really admired in terms of the lead, I, I, and this happened just a few a, a few weeks ago, I walked, in, I walked into a certain room and I saw the pastor stacking chairs and he was just pulling chairs out of a room and you know i i heard all the noise and the commotion and i walked out there and i said pastor you need not be doing this you know we we you have enough people that and he says no i i i show people what to do i work with them i make sure that i work with them so that whole concept of servant leadership i think is a part of his nature in other words leaders serve Mm-hmm. And leaders are not to be served. And I think that characterizes mm-hmm. the type of person. And of course, all through the book, and of course, oh, let me just mention the book is available on Amazon. Right now. For 1495, 154 pages, and it's available both in Kindle and uh in soft cover. And of course, this Sunday after church, the book is going to be available. And it's Whoa. the ninth hour, and the pastor, hey, the pastor looks good on the cover. <laughs> 
<laughs> is that a guarantee? Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a cop right there. Uh, uh, if you can hold that up, uh, uh, Dr. Amy, just real quick. There it is. Yeah. Come let me bless you. Uh, available on. now on Amazon. <laughs> that was smooth, Dr. Phillips. Uh, well, just shifting gears a bit, uh, you have a, a bit of a treat included. Uh, it's a poem also called Let Me Bless You by Kat, uh, Reverend Catherine Smith. I'm reading an expert excerpt here for those who haven't read it already. Yes. It goes, sometimes so rough the pilgrimage, the burden's heavy weight, but it's only temporary until I reach that heavenly gate. I think that works lockstep with serving in your community. Yes. It's pretty cool, yes. the fact that yes. this poem encapsulates anything. Decision to include this one in the book. Uh, this is for whoever decided. Dr. Phillips, Dr. Ramey? Decision well, to put well, this well, well, you know, um, Reverend Catherine is such a, a you know, she's such a, a great person, and she does everything. And uh, Dr. Ramey can best talk to her because uh, she works with him much more closely. Yeah, well, she's um, my logistics and IT support person for the school, but she's also a very good writer. And yeah. um, so when we, we were talking about putting the book together, she has written several poems and stuff mm -hmm. like that. She is able to compose and articulate on the spot. Yeah. It doesn't take her long. If I said mm -hmm. I need something done in, in any area, but mm -hmm. when it comes to this whole area of poetry, she, I, believe, I believe she's gifted. And so when Dr. Phillips says, I need for you to write this, I think within 24 hours she had it done. That's right. Yeah. And there was no need to make changes with it. She had it done. And um, she has been a member of the church. I met her when I got here. Um, mm -hmm. She came out of corporate. She was a big executive at Chase Bank. And she came yeah. into the church and she came to serve. And, um, and, and so she's brilliant, sharp mind. And when she put these words together and I read it, I, yeah. I said, well, there's nothing left for us to say, you know. That's <laughs> yeah. right. That's she, right. She, she That's has right. a feel that she knows the pastor well. So she, she, when she wrote this, there was nothing about this that was short of a, a genuine um, right. gratitude type um, expression of, of who he is as a person. Yeah. What I thought was interesting as someone who's maybe not familiar with the ministry of Dr. Epps, the, the book does read like a community project. There is some history. There are some things that are happening now and looking forward to the future and having a poem. There's almost like a variety show. Uh, you can see the different uh, part of that Patrick. So I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Uh, I thought it was pretty amazing that you decided to put that in the top of the book. Yeah. It was pretty nice. Uh, uh, Dr. Phillips, uh, one more question for you. Yeah. Now, I know we talk about uh, building legacies, but is there works for a sequel? Are you going to start nudging people to have another round <laughs> well, of interviews for well, part two? Well, I'll I, I te tell you what. I'll tell you what is most exciting. The most exciting part of the book was, to me, was the the, the whole idea of mentorship. What Dr. Epps has done with this this young man is, is chapter six in the book. This um, this Austin Jeremiah Austin, a young man who is twenty one years old, and I I sat down to interview him because his father is deceased. And Dr. Epps has taken that guy. He told me, he told me, he says, my first paycheck from this church, I was 13 years old when I got a paycheck from this church. And Dr. Epps has mentored this young man. So uh, that was exciting to me, the way Dr. Epps has taken that role. And I, I articulated some of the philosophies of mentorship. So I think my next book might be this whole idea of mentorship. And um, there, but there is a there's something that's burning on the inside, and that's a book about Howard, um, uh, not Howard Thurman, but there's a there, there's a guy that took the place of, that was there before Martin Luther um, mm -hmm. in, in in that church. I'm going to write a little about him. Uh, yeah. So that's that's my next book. 
Yeah, I love it. And and Dr. Amy, final question for you. If people are going to read this book, Come Let Me Bless You, Ministry Built on Love for People. And it might be a little bit more adoration uh, for Dr. Epps and, and what he's working on. Uh, what's the best way to connect with them or, or that ministry or if they want to help out, even though they may be outside of Texas? Yeah. How do they go about doing that? That's great. That's that's good. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to even share this on, on this platform. People can go to communitymbc.org. That's the church's website. And um, we are also on Facebook, on YouTube. You just put in Community MBC on YouTube or um, My Community MBC on Facebook. And all the information will, of course, is, is generated. Um, a person can also go on the church's website and purchase the book. Um, the book is there. So the book is there for purchase. Um, but we have a, a huge online following. We yeah. also an online membership that is growing exponentially. And, um, and so, that, that, that's, that's a good medium for people to connect. We have a program on Monday night called Strike Back that um, also gives people the opportunity to connect with us. Come let me bless you. Ministry built on love for people available now on Amazon and online. Uh, make sure you do read a copy and let these authors know what you feel. Uh, Dr. Phillips, Dr. Amy, such a pleasure being on you. I am Sam Ray of the podcast for Creative Thinkers and Doers. Any final words before we get out of here today? I just want to thank you for the opportunity, man. I'm loving how you put your, your, your broadcast together. As I said to you off air, you got the radio voice. I, I, would, um, I was talking to Dr. Phillips and um, there are a couple of projects that we have and I would hope that we'll get an opportunity to come back and um, be a part of, of, of what you're doing. I really pray that God will bless what you're doing and this will grow way beyond your wildest dreams. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. And it is a, it was really a joy. Um, so just look forward. Make sure you get a copy of the book. Um, it's a great book. Give somebody a, a gift for Christmas and look forward for the next book uh, that's going to be coming out. It's a book on Vernon Johns, the predecessor to Dr. Martin Luther King at, at, at that church. So, hey, it's a joy, Flobo. Enjoy your Christmas. Thank you. <laughs> oh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays and Happy New Year. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Take care. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to New Amsterdam Radio. Learn more about the show at newamsterdam.com. That's K-N-E-W-Amsterdam.com. Until next time, this city is yours.